is up with the chicken tender <laughs> soda? Talk to me about this. It started when I was younger. Like, I can't remember a time that I wasn't doing it. And I stopped for a brief period. I think when I was maybe in, like, middle school or high school, I was like, this is too weird to bring into adulthood. I can't. So for years, I stopped. And then at one point, I was just like, F it. I, I like it. I'm going to try it again. So I was at a Knicks game, and it was the first time I'd done it in, like, four or five years. And then I just kept going. My dad was like, it'll cool it off if it was too hot. I guess that's where it started, but I really like the taste, I swear. I've considered like trying to make a sauce or a dip or some type of condiment, like Coca-Cola flavored. It's really actually good. And I do realize it's disgusting and gross. Like I, the people that are defending me, I actually am judging harder than the people that are like calling me out because it is weird. Did you have any idea you were on TV when you were dunking. No, that's the best part of the story is that it starts with me saying to my three nephews, listen, I'm going to do something really weird right now. It's a secret. Don't tell your parents. Don't tell any adults. Okay. I'm embarrassed by this. So you guys can't tell anyone. Right. And my sister was away getting their food. So I was like trying to do it quickly before she came back. So I was like, guys, keep this between us. I'm embarrassed. And then this cameraman just catches it. All right, <clears throat> it's uh, Wednesday, September 5th, 2018. Um, I was planning to sing to get into the spirit of whatever the hell, but um, <clears throat> I took a look at my notes and saw everything that I have to talk about. So let's just get into this talk about trash-ass people and all the trash-ass things they did this past week. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, of course, is the new uh, face of Nike, face of Nike's Just Do It campaign. And uh, white people are not... Well, white dudes, let's be honest. White dudes are not happy... They are burning all their cross trainers or their, their their Air Maxes and putting them in the fire. Sometimes they put them on and, and set the shoes on fire, forgetting that they're in the shoes. And then they go to the hospital and then they got uh, third degree burns all over their feet. First off, uh, let's just let's just say this: uh, Nike don't care about that. No, Nike don't care about y'all. Really, let's let's be honest here. That 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 three point seventy five billion that that they lost in the market recently that's just that is literally a drop in the bu in the bucket for them. Let me, let me put it you like this: uh, Nike is like the white girl in college who hooked up with that basketball player. Now only dates black dudes. Just like, you know, she she basically, you know, just, you know, realize Nike, she, when I mean, she mean Nike, they, she basically uh, found her lane and she ain't going back. She is straight up, you know, going the, going the Spring Thomas route or something like that. But, you know, just, uh, that that's how Nike's wrong. You know, she good. Uh, so, you know, sorry, white dudes, you, you just wasn't, uh, giving it to her like, like you should, 
like I like Jamal and them. And uh, if we may, if I may be, be serious, like serious, we, we're still on this whole Colin Kaepernick thing because it's just like, just re- I would like somebody who believes that Colin Kaepernick is being disrespectful to explain to me what he's being disrespectful about. I mean, is, is he being disrespectful towards the flag, which is a, which is a piece of cloth? Is he being disrespectful towards the, the anthem, which is a friggin' song? Is he being disrespectful towards the troops, which if you know the whole origin story behind the take a knee thing, you realize he is so not disrespecting the troops. So is it just is it just because you think he's disrespecting some patriotic symbol of America, or are you just upset that he's a brother, a light-skinned brother with an afro, uh, doing what the hell he wants to do, and apparently he's he's you know people are, are riding for him. Is that is that it? Just. Just don't like the uppity Negroes getting all, uh, you know, speaking their minds. When you think about it, you know, he not only is he doing, you know, this all is all because he's doing a peaceful protest, which I thought, you know, if he's not if not uh, saying bad things towards anybody, we're not just protesting peacefully. Y'all would respect that. But when you think about it, he's just like he is, he's a, you know, Kyle Kaepernick, he's a football player. He gets paid an exorbitant amount of money to go out on the field and destroy his body for your amusement. So the least you could do is let him, you know, take a rest during the national anthem once in a while. But, but nah, y'all, y'all just all in your feelings. You know, Kiki, I know you love me or whatever the hell. So, oh, Jesus, God. Um, Done with that five minutes. Okay, uh, what else? Um, John McCain funeral. Yeah, basically everybody's favorite moment from that. Uh, George W. basically, you know, saying the, you know, he was preaching. He was saying that uh, McCain wasn't down with bigots and uh, swaggering despots. He, basically, he was looking straight at Jared and Ivanka, who was in the audience, saying, "Yo, daddy ain't even on my level." All right, I'm a thug. All right, I started wars with false intelligence, and everybody rolled with me. All right, see, so, yeah, not everybody, but you know, they, you know, we still, you know, they, you know, they just let me do that because I was a president. I don't know what the hell your pappy doing. Yeah, you know, I, I want him to step step up to me, and with all that. That nonsense that he's the best president and everything, just like I'll slap the taste out of his mouth. I'll get I'll get Dick to shoot him in the face. And then after he was done uh uh preaching, he uh got went back in the pew and gave Michelle a Jolly Rancher. I don't know, like uh they they that relationship is, is so interesting. Just like him and Michelle holding each other events like this this. And, of course, there's also the Aretha Franklin uh, funeral, which um, I believe is still in progress. Um, Black Twitter had absolutely no chill. Uh, no chill at all when the when the Aretha Franklin uh, funeral extravaganza was happening. Was, Faith Hill was straight dragged. Because I, I, I still haven't seen what the hell she was singing because I didn't want to get through that whole thing. 
And then, of course, uh, you got the, uh, the, 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 the most talked about moment during the whole thing when um, the pastor, whoever that dude was, uh, basically pushed up on Ariana Grande like your uncle uh, pushing up on, on somebody's cousin at a family reunion. You know, talking about, you know, oh, I thought you were, I thought you were a, a new something at Taco Bell, girl. Let me give you all the respect. Is that, is that what you're calling it now? The respect. That's what you want to give her, the respect? You creepy ass. Just, oh, just, yeah, I just, I, every, the moment was, 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 was palpable. Just out, just like, ooh, just, dude, haven't you been reading the New Yorker? Just like, you know, ease up, for Christ's sake. Uh, all right. That's two minutes. Um, oh, yeah, Jeffrey Owens, of course. Uh, Elvin from the Cosby Show getting caught bagging groceries at Trader Joe's. I don't know. Y'all make it sound like, you know, five years ago he was a sitcom star. And now he's out on the street uh you know you know given given hj's underneath a bridge dude it's just he's working man just like hey you know he it wasn't like he was making major bank or anything he was just like he was a job and actor for, for crying out loud like and i don't know why y'all being so high and mighty we all broke all right everybody ain't making the money we want to make or like or just make make a comfortable living where they don't have to bag groceries, but you know he got to do what he got to do to make that cheddar. So leave him the hell alone. Why the hell you? Why why you make it sound like bagging? First of all, why you make it sound like bagging groceries is the worst job in the world? We all know who the worst job in the world is. You know, being Trump's lawyer. But you know, just crying out loud. Just let the man like. I'm, I'm, I hope to God his phone. Was ringing off the hook. I hope to get got got like more, you know, bit parts and stuff. I hope he's gonna be in the next season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because he's a, he does he's a, he's been known to appear on that show once in a while. So big up to Jeffrey for uh you know being, you know just being <laughs> working on, you know it was, it was it was interesting to find that whole thing out during Labor Day, which is like. A day I believe nobody knows is really what re what they're really celebrating. They just go out and barbecue and not wear white. That's all people know. It's like it's like Easter. Just like it's you know death and resurrection of Christ, and for some reason we're 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 getting Easter eggs and stuff like that. So I don't know. All right. Uh, do I have to talk about the whole Brian Kavanaugh, you know, Supreme Court thing? How? Uh, the, you know, the Republicans ain't even hiding the fact they just want to just turn this, you know, they they, they, they dropped 40,000 documents the night before the hearing and they just like uh, well, we, well, we read it so I don't know what y'all problem is, Democrats maybe y'all want to, you know maybe y'all have a problem reading and stuff, you know, we you know, we speed readers. We just we just get the gist of it all and just you know, why you gotta be all slow and everything with the reading, but and then 
and I don't know this hell this this Zena Bash woman is, but apparently she's throwing up white power gang signs according to Twitter. And like I don't, I don't even I didn't even know uh, the OK sign is now is now uh, a white power symbol. When did when did white people appropriate the get you know, the damn OK symbol? Like what well, when did that happen? Can't even use this. You know. Is this like, you know, with the um, LGBT audience in the rainbow? Just like they saw they saw, they saw that with, with, the, with that crowd and just like, they got the rainbow, we'll take the okay symbol. Because we don't know what to do with ourselves. You know, we just, we, just, we just wander around and wait for black people to have pool parties. And we'll, we'll call the cops on them. And when they do that, we'll just... Throw up the okay signal and just that's our that's our west side. Just okay. Oh Jesus Christ. Steve Bannon at the New Yorker Festival. Really, y'all? That was that was that was a who David David Remnick thought was a, that that was a good idea. And just like, like did they not know their readership? Couldn't they get a conservative that everybody likes, like Kristen Chenoweth or something? Why you had to get Steve Bannon's ashy ass as a headliner at the New Yorker Festival? Then, like, everybody in comedy backed out of the festival when they heard about Steve Bannon. Um, Alex Jones and Marco Rubio fighting. I don't care about that. Uh, and uh, congratulations... Uh, Houston, uh, Houston is officially the deadliest place to drive, uh, according to a new Houston Chronicle report. 640 people a year die on Houston area roads, and 2,850 more are seriously injured. The death toll is the equivalent of three fully loaded 737s crashing each year at Houston's airports. Sadly, if you've ever been, you know, trying to get from 610 to 59, that makes a lot of sense. To be honest, I'm shocked. I don't have any accidents or injuries. I'm trying not to jinx that, but I just like, I just, I... You have no idea how cautious I am on these damn streets because, first of all, I don't know where the hell everybody's going. It's like y'all, y'all are going home or at work or something, but y'all, if I, if I hear one more SUV honking behind me because the light turned green for a second and I'm not on that, Oh man, I saw it. I saw it like a few days ago at in the parking lot of a Walmart. Like I saw some uh, dude in a compact uh, douchebag car, um, almost collide in with some old dude and his, you know, damn uh, old man mobile, and the douchebag, uh, you know, rolled his window down and almost tore the. Old man's head off. This is at a Walmart. What the hell 
y'all got to be angry about outside of a Walmart. Like you did, you didn't get, you know, all the socks you wanted there, dishy. Uh, just, you know, Subway didn't have the 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 double meat for that six inch you wanted. Oh Jesus! This this is this is the stuff I try to you know summarize for this twenty minutes of talking and. Thankfully, uh, uh, one of the guests that I have in the studio uh, brought some wine. So hopefully, the you know the 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 rest of the show may turn out to be more um, fluid. And uh, oh, thank you, Tap Man. This is uh, this is the most uh, liquid show on a. Uh, KPFT. Let me uh, pull up the uh, the old playlist. This is this is the sour hour. Damn it! Somebody give me, somebody tell me the answers Me and you isn't the answer, me and you isn't Maybe I'm telling myself that, but there ain't nothing that'll change that What good would it be, if I knew how you felt about me It could've been right, but I was wrong Only think about you and I Part of me that cared is just gone And I know that I can't get caught up We could've been and we try to pretend Every now and again We don't dream about, don't think about what we could've been No, I'm holding it in Cause I know in the end You dream about, I think about what we could've been we could've been, we could've been Remember, remember the night in Miami First time you put your arms around me I'm up reminiscing and Thinking about you isn't helping Thinking about you doesn't tell me What good it would do If I decide to face the truth It could've been right, but I was wrong Think about you and no, no. You only hit me up when she's not home, and that's why I can't get caught up. We could've been, and we try to pretend every now and again. We don't dream about, don't think about what we could've been. Oh, yeah. Holding it in, cause I know in the end, you dream about, I think about what. We could've been, we could've been, we could've, we could've been, we could've been, we could've been, we could've been, we could've been.
we could've been What we should've been If I wasn't, if I wasn't with somebody If we gotta hide it, what's the point of trying? I ain't just your friend, no, what's the point of lying? Trying to sell a story, ain't nobody buying Look me in my eyes, don't that feel nice? Why should it end? Baby, I could've been I could've been him or the your friend Just say what and when, where to make a trip Baby, make a wish, be the one I'm with Should've been a, should've, could've, would have been Hey, Yeah, I would have been Damn Yeah, I would have been Just got paid But the man needs to give me a raise Need to work Cause if I don't, I'm gonna hurt Lost my mind Where my baby trying to find
This is the uh, Sour Hour, a.k.a. Everything is Canceled, a.k.a. Everybody is Trash, um, a.k.a. Uh, Damnation Nation. That's the new one right here on uh, KPFT HD 2, not 3, 2. I am uh, Craig D. Lindsay, a.k.a. Black Larry David. A.K.A. Anastasia Beaverhausen. A.K.A. Fat Greasy. A.K.A. Young Two-Piece of Frenchies. And um, if you want to hit me up on the social media uh, universe, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Napster or something, uh, hit me up at Uncle Crizzle. That's at U-N-C-L-E-C-R-I-Z-Z-L-E. You can also hashtag the Sour Hour. Uh, Just let me know you're out there uh, doing stuff. And uh, actually out there letting me know you're listening to the show. And uh, if you want to listen to this show, this particular episode and other episodes like it, you can go to the official Sour Hour archive page at mixcloud.com slash Uncle Crizzle. Let's get into whatever the hell I was just playing. Um, well, we start off with uh, uh, one of my new favorite tracks that's uh, Could Have Been by Her, H-E-R, Her. I don't know what her stands for, but just just her, yeah, featuring Bryson Tiller from her. Uh, I used to know her, the Prelude EP that she recently dropped, and then uh, after that, that was a uh, uh, Joel Culpepper from uh, London, I believe the UK, uh, woman from his uh, Tortoise EP. And after that, I thought I would play some Bobby Brown for you. Uh, uh, Been Around the World, uh, my favorite track from his uh, 1997 album that nobody bought, uh, Forever. And I feel it's also a very apropos, well, it's, it's apropos for several reasons. First off, because uh, last night uh, the Bobby Brown story premiered on BET, and from what I've heard on Black, seen on Black Twitter, um, I, I'll need to watch it. I believe there's another installment in the Bobby Brown story airing tonight. So, you know, uh, good luck with that for anybody who's watching it. And also, um, the two guests I have in the studio have basically been, uh, telling, um, me and telling each other, uh, their stories of, uh, being all around the world and seeing a lot of girls and doing all kinds of uh, international young stuff and quite honestly depressing me because the only, only time I've been out is like I was in Nashville a year ago. 
I didn't just I introduced the movie Dolomite. I don't know if that why well, I didn't didn't meet any German chicks, but hey I had some hot chicken. So but um uh the guests uh for tonight's show are two very uh culture sophisticated ass people. Um one is uh John Guest, he is the uh CEO of the uh, Houston uh, Museum of African American Culture, and he's got a lot of he's been doing a lot of great work over there. And the uh, second guest is um, Chris Paldoyan. Uh He is uh, sommelier, uh, general manager, and wine director at uh, Camarada at uh, Pauli's, and he's also been doing a lot of good work and. Uh, uh, not just with wine, but uh, with uh, with charities and whatnot. So um, I'll be talking to them and and sampling some wine while we're doing it. So um, let me see. Let me pull. Let me pull this up here. Uh, oh, geez, how? Uh, welcome to the sour hour, y'all. Uh, y'all can talk into your mics. Thanks for having us on. This is great. You were really pretty cool there at the beginning. Really, it was because that's. I just look. You have an idea how painful it can be just to come up with the material that I do at the top of the show because it's just I just look go look past the news and it's just like Jesus, like all this stuff, like this whole just this. It's super uplifting, I, yeah. right? Yeah. Just it really makes you feel good about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just just people, just stupid people doing stupid things every waking moment. Just like those people have just lost total set common sense. I hate to use that term, common sense. If you live in Houston, you know how that you, that term can be thrown out a lot. It kind of common sense, but it's just like it's people doing the dumbest things all over the place, and just wondering what the hell happened. Like, cause yeah, you know, I'm I'm an adult and I'm I'm around adults, and so why can't we all just be simple, sensible adults? And for some reason, nobody wants to be that anymore, and it's and it's it's saddening me, and it's and it makes me want to go uh, get anxiety medication. But uh, you've got some in your glass right there. there thank you, you very there much. You go. Matter of fact, quite and, good. Yes. And since you are the wine person, can you tell us the? Uh, the beverages that we're having this yeah year. yeah so um for the first half of the show we uh crushed a bottle of some riesling from the faults seriously crushed seriously crushed got yeah. crushed with a capital c uh it is a riesling from the faults which is kind of like the southern area of uh germany uh close to the french border uh it's a warmer climate there um very similar to alsace um in france uh it's a Riesling, but it's not sweet. It's very dry, but very high acid. So without having that sweetness there, it's got this really citrusy character, really refreshing and bright and fun. Um, this particular one is made by a couple of brothers, um, and it's delicious. They farm biodynamically without using a lot of chemicals in the vineyard. They don't use a lot of like sulfur preservatives in the winemaking process, so it tastes good and feels good. Um, it's a different Riesling, and I, I really liked it. It's it's like it can become your favorite in a minute. Totally. And I mean, when it's 90 degrees outside or 100% humidity, when it's gross weather like this, you want to drink something really refreshing and bright. So I have to say that I am thrilled to be on this show with you, Chris. I'm excited. I'm excited to be yeah. here with you, John. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has been fun. Yeah, um, 
We're going to, okay, uh, Craig, we, we're about to jack your show, so take control here. Okay. Um, well, you know, they say you guys have managed to the forge a bond with uh, being uh, distinguished men of the world. Um, you guys have uh, great ties with Europe, and, uh, you know, you've, thank you, please. Uh, we're, we're refilling glasses right now. Right. That, yeah. And, um, but, uh, actually, um, Chris, uh, you will be, uh, going, uh, to Europe soon. I what? leave on Saturday. I leave on Saturday for, uh, Germany. Yeah. Uh, we'll spend about five days visiting various wineries along the Mosul and the Rhine River. And then the following Sunday, I run the Berlin Marathon. So should be exciting. Go to Berlin, run 26.2 miles. Um, we'll see how all the wine tasting in advance, you know, how, how well that sets me up for success. We'll see. If I run really well, we know the secret to running a good marathon is just a whole bunch of wine drinking in the days leading up to it. Well, so. well you have experience uh, running. Uh, you, you in a community marathon, you were, I believe you had three Chevron marathons. I, I have run the Houston Marathon three times. I'll be running it for a fourth time this January, and Berlin will be my 11th marathon. I've done uh, marathons in Madrid, Boston, Chicago, and then most recently in March, I ran the Napa Valley Marathon. Wow, and... Um, but you're going to uh, Berlin to run a marathon for a good cause. That is correct. I'm running on behalf of the Organization for Autism Research. So the Organization for Autism Research raises both uh, funds and awareness for um, research dedicated to helping the lives of people that have autism that are on the spectrum. So rather than focusing on trying to find a cure for autism, their goal is improving the quality of life of people that are on the autism spectrum. Because autism is something that affects not just children, but those children then grow up and become adults and need to be part of, you know, the workforce, you know, need to be able to deal with a landlord. Um, if they're hospitalized, then first responders need to know how to respond to someone who maybe is on that spectrum. So the organization has a very holistic perspective on things. And it's certainly what I gravitated to when I was looking to run for, you know, run for a cause. So I've run a lot of marathons for my own benefit, and I was really excited to run for the benefit of something bigger than myself. So run for my, my nephew, Stephen. Yeah? Yeah, he's Steven. a 22-year-old. Yeah. Wow. Autism. Yeah. So what's Stephen doing these days? What's he, uh, he up to? Well, it, we, he, he graduated from high school through special education, and we... Um, and he literally organizes the house wow. where he grows up. So he manages the mail, mm -hmm. etc. cetera. Uh, he sings, great yeah. voice at his church. Uh, and, um, you know, we're still looking for those jobs that uh, places like uh, Kroger. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which can be super challenging, you know, because yeah. oftentimes those positions, you know, the benefit of them is they're very, you know, consistent jobs. You know, um, there isn't a lot of like variance in the day to day activities, so it's easy to prepare for. But those jobs are going away. You know, it's challenging work. A lot of like manufacturing jobs, you know, a lot of these things, these kind of like low skill positions that, you know, provide that structure. Right. 
you know, it's harder and harder to find those, especially jobs that have good benefits, you right, know? Right. So. Yeah. So, th- so run for him, too. This is great. Run for Steven. Yeah, Happy to good. do it. Yeah. I found this out when uh, we were, I was invited to uh, do a wine tasting. Well, I was invited to a wine tasting that you were doing at, uh, at Camarada. You're just with- always tasting wine. Tasting wine in the studio, coming to Camerata and tasting wine. Hey, do some wine tasting. They, they have free wine around and booze and stuff because that's that's what I do during the day. Yeah. And um, you you had a yeah you had a wine tasting. So did Winston Churchill, by the way. Hey, you're in very good company. Yeah, you're in good company. Yeah, and well, and so you had the wine tasting. It was very interesting how you did the wine tasting because um, if I, if I, you know. One of the interesting things about it was that you thought decided to throw in uh, some references to uh, uh, contemporary rappers, and for some reason, uh, it, that didn't play well to the mostly alabaster crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not necessarily the kind of yeah. music that they probably listen to. Yeah, I'm trying to think what they listen to. You're bringing up what they you talk about how I think one one is kind of like Young Thug's new album. Yeah, Slime Season. It's a great album. Slime season. I thought it was slime language. Oh, slime language. Yes, it is slime season currently. We are currently in the slime season. Uh, <laughs> I, I, but I, yes, slime language yeah. is the album. Yes, I, I know. I like the whole slime thing, but I'm just like I'm still still on my like. Why the hell talking about the, the slime is the thing with Young Thug? You know, like, I actually saw some graffiti earlier today for uh, slime. It was right next to another piece of graffiti that was referencing a Travis Scott lyric. So. Oh. Yeah, that's another yeah. dude, uh, Travis Scott, that you're into. And just, yeah, Astro World's a great album. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, that's the. Yeah, no, I'm so old school. You know, I'm Tupac and early Kanye and Jay Z. So early Kanye, that. like college yeah. dropout or late registration? Uh, what is it? Fantasy. Uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, oh, really? yeah, that's where I entered in. Yeah. yeah. That's a good place to enter. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yes. Well, you uh, are doing things over uh, at uh, AGMACC, which is you're doing a lot of cool things over there, inviting a lot of cool artists into um, uh, HMAC, so, right? Houston yeah. Museum of African American Culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, that's that culture. Yeah. Okay, and um, I should know. <laughs> okay, and uh, just um, but just how long have you been the uh, CEO? I was over? I was asked maybe about six. Years ago, I was asked in 2009 by Peter Morzio, who was the former uh, director of the Museum of Fine Arts and uh, of the board of the Museum of African American Culture, which had been around for 10 years, to make it tangible. There wasn't any building, and so I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ex- well, I accepted, and little did I know, Peter was blowing smoke up my ass. Can I say that? Yeah, he was mm-hmm. saying, only you can do this. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> And actually, it ended up being a, a, a really good thing because mm-hmm. uh, because I could then change the dynamics since they asked me, mm-hmm. and my background is message finance strategy as a business person, uh, since they asked me, I could set the tone of it. And I then decided to make it a museum that was not the typical African-American museum, which is American history through an African-American lens, I decided our mission would be to have a multicultural conversation on race geared towards a common future, uh, which was more inclusive and more exciting, and so we could do a lot of different things, like have a program, a community program on why did 53% of white women vote for Trump? 
and have white women in the audience and mm-hmm. to, to say why the hell they did that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so we've become a museum in a building and in the community, which allows us to kind of be straightforwardly out there. I will tell people all the time, it's a museum, mm-hmm. uh, like any museum. So it's on any given day, on every given day, you will find African-American artists because yeah. of we, that's a purpose that we serve. But on any given day as a museum, you'll find other artists. And we've had some issues with that, Anglo artists, Latino artists. We've had some issues with that. You know, one year I started the season and I got these calls. Because remember, this is now a multicultural conversation. And um, I got this call and they said, how are you an African-American museum and you open up your season with a white woman. And I said, I did not open up the season with a white woman. I opened up the season with an exhibition for girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we had, once we had, uh, we, we had, I, I, I had this one uh, Latino artist, uh, uh, John Fernandez, who is, uh, Hernandez, who is extremely famous. Well, he, he does all of these these sculptures that are like based on cartoons. And so all of the kids that came dissed the downstairs gallery with the African-Americans, they look upstairs, Dad, we're going upstairs. Mm-hmm. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a multicultural experience. It's a contemporary, so we deal with the here and now. We deal with people like Craig Lindsay. We deal with great wine uh, from Riesling. Uh, and, and there you are. Yeah, they uh, often have um, uh, openings and exhibitions and receptions and whatnot. So right now, so right now, I will tell you, we are dealing with. We've got an exhibition now, Falling to Find, which is about mental health, and we extended the uh, Minority Mental Health Month to September, uh, and so we're we're doing that. And the other part of it is, we've got uh, two shows upstairs. We, you know, if you have a platform and the country's a little crazy, Mm -hmm. it's not political, but we have a an exhibition called Indifference. And it's yeah. one where Donald Trump is spewing all of this hatred and yeah. uh, violence. And we just let him talk. We don't say anything about it. And uh, and then we have, uh, uh, in our next room we have, uh, you put on headphones to hear uh, white people calling uh, the police on people of color, mm-hmm. but using the same words that Donald Trump used. So he's teaching people hatred and violence. And then in the next room we have you sitting in a car with headphones on to make it a personal experience and you see all of these uh, uh, these police interactions with people of color. Yeah, that, mm. that goes on for a good hour. I that goes, and we say to people, if you're tired of it, get up at any time because we're really tired of it. Yeah. And then a chapel. And so, you know, if you say, and we're very big on, if you say, if you're complaining, if this is the situation, if you're tired of it, then what do you do? So across the way from Indifference, we have an exhibition called Democracy. Mm-hmm. And there we tell people, you know, if you don't like this, you can't just, oh, I'm on your show, right, Craig? You, you can't can, just bitch about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. Can't just bitch about it. You have to do something about it. And in America, the way you do something about it is to vote. And our turnout is terrible. You don't like it, do something about it. So you can't just complain. Yeah. You have to do something. And democracy tells people to do that. And then we went a step further and we decided, let's register people to vote. And so we register people to vote right now. And that will be up through November. And we've got programming around both mental health and democracy. Right. So people can register at the museum. At the museum. Wow. 
Isn't that cool? That's very cool. Yeah. What days are the museum open? See, he's really good. That's, okay. that's why I brought you yeah, together. There you go. Uh, we're open on Wednesdays um, from 11 to 5, uh, 11 to 6. Um, Wednesdays, thir- uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And on Thursday, Thursdays, we're open late until... Um, until eight o'clock. So you're open Wednesday through Saturday and open late on, on Thursdays. Thursday. That's okay. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, is this, you know, uh, Chris, is this something that, uh, you know, you being a wine uh, person, uh, since, uh, as I said, like they have receptions and everything and they have uh, openings where they uh, bring out the spread. I don't know where you get your spread from, but there is wine and beer and everything. Wine makes everything better. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes. It made this show really <laughs> kick off here. I mean, the show is great, but it yeah. definitely made the show better. And I think yeah, it can right. make museum exhibitions better. Absolutely. It can make it can make educational experiences at the bar better. Um, it certainly makes dates go better because we see that all the time at the bar. Makes yeah. Tinder work. Um, <laughs> makes OkCupid. Do people still use OkCupid? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, but yeah. What's the other one? Bumble makes Bumble, Bumble. work. Bumble works. Bumble benefits from booze. I'm so afraid to get on uh, any of those sites. Well, I tried to get on OkCupid and it didn't work. And just, just, just dating sites. Just, I know, like the minute, like I get on a dating site and I I think I found a match or something, you know, there's something, something happened. Like, you know, we gonna, we gonna meet someplace and either gonna stand me up or gonna rob me or take my spleen. I don't know. I think it's called uh, getting catfished, right? Yeah, right, catfished right, and everything. Right, right. Uh, yes, keep on pouring. We're pouring uh, more wine. And uh, crushing another bottle yeah, here. As soon as he's doing this, I I, I don't want to get left out. Yeah, and uh, but it's interesting, like hearing you two just talking, kind of like um, it's interesting the whole uh, way you guys are uh, building a nice rapport because in a way you guys are both. Uh, using your expect- expertise and your knowledge to enlighten people, whether it is through um, teaching people through wine or just teaching people through culture culture and art and everything. So, I mean, you find that you know, it's that's kind of an added plus to what you guys do, just like you're not, you aren't just... Uh, you know, just sophisticated folk who've been around, just like your sophisticated folk who've been around who can teach people something. Well, you know, I always tell people you really make a difference, and I wanted to do it with the Museum of Culture. So mm-hmm. it's not just art. Culture is everywhere. Culture is in uh, in Germany and the growth in grapes, and uh, culture is wherever you find it. And that opens us up to just great conversations. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chris? I mean, I would agree 100%. I think what I originally what I originally gravitated to in the world of wine was just how interdisciplinary it is. You know, when you're learning about wine, you're learning about anthropology, geology, a little chemistry, um, and the same with a multicultural museum. It's not just art. It's a little bit of history. Um, it's a little bit of sociology. Um, there's a little bit of all of that, and I think, you know, that's... The really fun thing about both of these things is that there are so many ways you can look at the situation and there's so many ways you can kind of like analyze and study and dial in and focus on, you know, various aspects of things, which is um, 
for me, the beautiful thing about wine, you know, when someone comes to the wine bar, I can talk to them about, you know, the two brothers that inherited the winery from their dad and converted everything over to biodynamics. You can tell them the family side of things, or you can talk to them about the grape variety, or you can talk to them about the region and the soil type, you know. Um, so, So there are lots of different ways that you can talk about a wine with a guest, and certain guests will gravitate to those more technical, you know, bits of like, vinification and other people just want to hear the fun side of the story you know it's always the background you know the background that's that's most interesting Mm -hmm. because this background to everything it's not just surface and certainly if you're dealing with wine you're dealing with culture Mm -hmm. there's no no way around it and 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 then you know you deal with history so we do that too and uh that's why i'm glad you invited me on this show with chris yeah this is fun. I think I this thought, is the start yeah, of I a thought, very yeah, fruitful absolutely. collaboration. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. hopefully this can turn out something I know you can take, uh, you know, uh, we'll try figure, to work, work we'll, some kind of uh, union going on where you can bring wine over to his place and we'll, y'all can tell we'll, people. We'll figure it out, but I certainly know that uh, Chris is very good at educating people about not just the wine, but the cultural aspects of how that wine came to be. Okay, your turn. Well, I'm excited to go to the museum, visit it, learn more about what everything John is doing over there. Um, And you said that you're in the middle of doing a mental health awareness campaign right now, right? Right. I mean, that's something that I think is on everyone's minds. You know, at the start of the summer, you know, losing Anthony Bourdain, that was huge for the uh, restaurant community. Kate Spade. That, you know, mental health is there's is human a, health. There's I mean, a twenty percent risk of suicide with bipolars. Mm-hmm. That's like one in five. It's uh, insane. And that's Kate Spade. That's Anthony Bourdain. That's who else? Just well, yeah. we we've we've lost yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Too that's many people. One in five. And we yeah. need to you know get rid of this stigma associated with mental health you know it it should be something that we can talk about um suicide prevention is you know an important thing that we should all know and be aware of um and i think that everything that you're doing is great with that and i'd love to get involved Um, i think everything you're doing with autism is really good that's personal and everybody Mm -hmm. has that experience all right we gotta wrap up okay we jacked your show yeah but also um i'm um, i'm gonna be there to talk about Uh, be part of the mental health thing at two o'clock at the, the landscape of mental health landscape of mental health and um that's going to be at the museum at the museum at 2 p.m at you 2 and i will have a discussion that's about right, that we'll since i wrote a, a story about what day is life. that that's this saturday saturday 2 p.m at the museum right. yeah saturday uh September you're 8th. on your way. You'll be on your I'll be, way. I'll be in Germany. Oh I'll be I'll be sipping God. some Riesling. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, okay, where can people track you down on social media? Where can they contact? Give them the particulars. Uh, well, um, I am on Instagram at Brazed Thoughts. That's thoughts like T-H-O-U-G-H-T, not t- thought, T-H-O-T. Um, Brazed Thoughts. Um and then I can be found at Camerata Wine Bar, which is at 1834 Westheimer Road next to Polly's Restaurant, um, just east of Shepherd, next to Lanier Middle School. Okay, and... Uh... And I'm at, uh, uh, at Houston M-A-A-A-C on Instagram because nobody's on that other 
Twitter. Twitter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Where is that? Um, so that's where I am. And hmaac.org is the website. And we're on Facebook. All right. Thank you guys for uh, being on the show. Um, until next time, this is Craig D. Lindsay saying, uh, Sarah Huckabee, I got to go. Uh, stay tuned for Flight Squad Radio, everybody. Bye.